Amen. God is good. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full. Amen. And we are full of children at New Covenant. Amen. We have taken the mandate of being fruitful and multiplying seriously. Amen. That's not a bad thing. Amen. Well, Father, as we move into your word today, God, I just, I just want to say thank you for the children. But, Father, we're all children, and, God, we, we all need fathering from you. And I just pray today, God, as we get it into your word, that, Lord, your word would be a lamp, it would be a light to direct our path today. So, Lord, I just pray for your presence and your anointing and your help. Because even as Pat shared, that without you, he can do nothing when it comes to raising Eden. Father, I cannot, without your help, declare your word. And so, Lord, I ask for your help today. And I ask that you would release a spirit of wisdom and revelation on all of us. That, God, we would all be attentive to what you're trying to speak to us today. And that we would hear your word and allow it to change the way we think. Lord, we surrender our minds to you right now in this block of time. We surrender our minds. We, res- re- we surrender ourselves. Father, we, we put distractions of text and phones and all that stuff aside. And Father, we want to be students of your word. We want to be students of your way. We want to be students, God, of what is in your heart. And so, Lord, help us today to hear your voice, and we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. And if you're in agreement with that prayer, would you say amen with me? Amen, amen. Well, I'm going to share today um, some things that have been bubbling in my heart for the last several, several weeks and really, really months. And um, I pray that uh, the Lord, I, I, I can tell already, it's 1130, we're not going to get it complete, the message completed today. So you're probably going to get somewhat of a, an abbreviated introduction that hopefully will encourage you to come back next week and hear some more. So you guys okay with that? How many love the Word of God? How many believe that it's the process or what God uses, one of the things God uses to renew our minds? It is a powerful two-edged sword. It pierces, it it brings revelation, and it brings light. And uh, what I found in my own life, if I don't have a daily diet of it, my mind kind of gets corrupt. I start to begin to filter things through my thoughts and my desires rather than what the Word of the Lord says. And the Word is a real gift. And most people, of course, today, I'm, I'm now reading the Bible on an iPad. I'm not reading the actual written words on a page. I'm reading the Bible through an iPad. Many of you will read, your, read the Bible today. The passages that we look up, you'll look them up on your phone, your little iPhone. Technology is amazing. I know Tom, several, several weeks ago in his message, he challenged us to take 15 minutes every day to begin to get quiet before the Lord, begin to break his word, to get worship music on, and to begin to, 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 to saturate ourselves in the word of God. And I hope and I pray uh, that you took that ad- admonition very seriously because it will really change your life. Anybody, anybody practicing 15 minutes a day? It'll actually go from 15 minutes to 20 
to 30 to 40. It, it'll actually grow, and you'll actually really, really enjoy the Word of God. But if we love the Word of God, we will be in the Word of God. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. Well, one of the things as I review and as we go over today's message, really as I look over just the last month or two months of messages that the Lord has been bringing to us, Lynn shared you know, a couple weeks ago, even on, uh, will the real church, will the, will, the, will the church please arise? And we are the church, but there was, he talked about how there were four things uh, that the early church devoted themselves to. And if we're going to become the tr true church, if we are going to be the church, we've got to focus on the apostles' teaching. Uh, the Word of God, and we've got to, to prayer and worship and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread. There were some things he talked about, and he's going to expand on that. You know, when Bill Roberts was here, he talked about if we're going to move from a consumer church to an apostolic church, uh, we've got to uh, move away from being me-focused and be more God-focused. Do you guys remember that message? And even Chris Robinson shared on confrontation and how, you know, we've got to do things when we confront and when we work on our relationships, we've got to do it God's way, not our way. Everybody remember that? And so today I'm going to move into, I've just been into a message that really kind of ties many of those things together and I believe is going to, to help us. Uh, to engage our will and to be part of the process and part of the maturing that God wants us to do. I, I would probably title this message, Growing Up, or uh, Destroying the Fortified Thoughts in Your Own Mind. Uh, there's kind of all kinds of titles that I would title it. But ultimately, last June, June 8th, does anybody remember what happened at New Covenant Worship Center on June 8th, 2012? Dennis Kramer. He was here on June 8th, and I'd never put the connection until I've been looking back over the prophetic words. Over the last several weeks, I've been meditating on what did the Lord say to us. Oops, not yet. Thank you. What did the Lord say to us about, uh, about myself, about our church in that time that he was here? What was the word of the Lord and what did he say? And I've been meditating on it. And it was really funny. As I started looking at the prophetic words, it was on June 8th. Guess when this church got started? June 6th, 1997. He was here 15 years, almost to the day, and I never had put that connection. And it's almost like the Lord gave us a prophetic, um, oh, I don't even, um, help me with words, a prophetic uh, blueprint or, or something uh, he, he for sure did for Karen and I as he made declarations prophetically what the word of the Lord was for us. And I want to go over that just a little bit with you, and I want to review that prophetic word that he spoke over me, and then I want to ask you a question. Does anybody, does anybody remember the prophetic word that he spoke over me? How many were here when Dennis Kramer was here? If you would, just raise your hand and wave it at me. So some of you weren't, Okay. And when he spoke this over me, he, this place went nuts. Everybody went, yeah, woo, woo, yeah, yeah. And this is what he said. He said, you need to change your leadership style now. Anybody remember that? He said, you need to change your leadership style now. You have been admirable in how what you've done, but you are in phase two. 
and I need you to change your leadership style now. And he said, I need you to become more confrontational. And you guys all went, yeah, woo! I need you to move from baby bottles and diapers and hand grenades, and I need you to get flak jackets, grenades. And he said, I need you to change your leadership style. He said, I want you to clean your closet out of the diapers and the baby bottles, and I want you to put rifles, flak jackets, and I want you to train up not a nursery. I want you to train up an army. And you guys all went nuts. Does anybody remember that? And now people are getting tired of me saying hand grenades. And baby bottles and hand grenades and flak jackets. Did anybody believe that that prophetic word was accurate and correct? Did you come in agreement with it? Do you have any clue what you've come in agreement with? Here's what I find, is everybody loves that prophetic word if it's me confronting somebody else. But if I'm going to confront you or become more confrontational in my leadership style, it's like, you are a jerk and don't you step on my toes. Do not pass go, do not collect $200. You go over there and talk to Chris. Or Tom's the one that needs to be confronted. And so I've been meditating on this because God has been jacking with me and dropping hand grenades into my life through this process. And so here's what I want to challenge us all. It's not just you need hand grenades and you need flak jackets. It's Eric needs it. Tom needs it. We all need to move from baby bottles and become mature and become an army, and to become a force that is going to destroy the kingdom of darkness. In our lives, first, our city, second, and our region, and and to the uttermost parts of the earth. But are we serious about this prophetic word that God spoke about that? And are you really okay with confrontation? Now, I did a little study on the word confrontation because I've been trying to change and come in agreement with the prophetic word. And there's so many times where I go to my wife and I say, I'm getting ready to drop a hand grenade. What do you think about this, sweetie? I really need to make sure I'm in line with the word of God because when you drop a hand grenade, it needs to be based in the word of God. Can I have an amen on that? And she'll go, oh, that's a hand grenade. (laughs) And when you drop a hand grenade to me, we need to make sure that it lines up with the word of God before we ever confront or challenge anybody. Can I have an amen on that? But here's where I started, and here's where we'll go today in the word. And so you guys can start the PowerPoint. I started looking up what the word confrontational means. If I'm going to, or if you're going to be, it is the act of confronting a situation between two people to powers or to ideas, to face hostility or defiance or opposing opinions, to bring together for examination or comparison, to stand face to face. Now, most people in our culture do not do it face to face. It's through texting. Bunch of cowards. I mean, excuse me. 
But true confrontation is face to face. Coward or non-word of God or the world is to boss somebody out. You know what I mean? We're not talking about, we're going to get into what is confrontation. I know Chris has already touched on it a little bit, but we're going to go into this. But it's to face to face with, to clear the air by directly facing a person or situation. But here's the one I underline. Confronting in order to bring correction. The purpose of the prophetic word that Denny Kramer spoke over my life in our church, he said your conf- confrontation style, or your, <laughs> your confrontation style, your leadership style needs to change, but then the purpose for that change was to clean up people's lives. Do you guys remember that? I'll read it. For the purpose of cleaning up their lives. Move from hand grenades to and ba- move from baby bottles to hand grenades growing up to raise up an army. So, the purpose of the prophetic word was to get people to clean up their lives and to raise up an army. But going back to this thing of confronting in order to bring it's like God, you have set me up for pain. He has set us up for pain. Do you guys realize that? Really, when Diddy Kramer prophesied what he prophesied, he set us up for pain in our relationships. Has anybody been struggling in their relationships at all? Praise the Lord, you're on target. Because I believe that most people don't change without pain. And pain requires us to then bring into examination or comparison how you feel or I feel or whatever. But you know, here's what I find in the body of Christ and in our world is God has a way of confronting and the world has a different way of confronting. There are two opposing opinions. The act of confronting a situation between two peoples, two powers. Really what we're saying is God's people need to be representing his power and his kingdom. We do not need to be representing the enemy's power or the world's kingdom. And most people in the body of Christ, what we do is we represent the world's kingdom more than we represent God's kingdom. Because we are not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we might know what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Can I have an amen on that? So when we confront people, most generally confrontation that that we see in our culture is it's a fight. When you confront your children, it tends to be a fight. If you confront your husband or wife, it's a fight. If you confront somebody at work, it's a fight. Is that what most confrontation? Church, that's the world. That is the two powers, the two people, the two opinions facing hostility and defiance and opposing opinions. That's how the world does it. Can we please be something different? You guys are awful quiet. Does anybody want to change the way they think? Because what I find is the way we think is not accurate. It does not line up with the word of the Lord. I had a situation yesterday. We were at a basketball tournament. Abraham was playing in Bloomington, and we were watching the game that was getting ready to be played before his, and we were, we were sitting in the stands, and, man, the parents were going nuts. 
oh my goodness, crazy. And this father, this father yells at his son on the court. <laughs> of course, I've never done that. <laughs> Conform my pattern to the pattern of the Lord, not the wire in the world, right? But a profound thing happened, and I was like, wow. And the father did not say it in a mean, nasty way. He said, don't let him take the baseline. And the son goes, dad. He said, I didn't because, and then the son stopped. And the son goes, okay, dad, thank you. (sighs) He shut his mouth. And he received the correction from his father. And he said, thank you, man. I want to go to that kid and say, man, that's leadership. That's God's way. The world's would. And then the next game I saw, a young man gets corrected by the coach. And he pulls him over. And he said, you, he said listen to me, son. He said, you're not going to. And the kid starts cussing at the coach. He starts cussing. He said, if you're going to cuss at me one more time, you're going to sit down. And the kid gets in his life. He said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he kept cussing at him. He brought him over here, sat him down. And he was trying to get control of this young man. And the kid just kept defiantly cussing him and saying the word over and over and over. As this coach was trying to confront this young man in his attitude, that boy never got back in the game. But the boy was not confrontable. The boy was not teachable. The boy that said thank you. Oh, if we could all raise boys like that. That shut his mouth and said, you're right, Dad, thank you. Instead of giving excuses, instead of casting blame somewhere else, confronting in order to bring correction. We're going to go here with this confrontation. When God said, change your leadership style, it wasn't so that I abuse you or I control you or you abuse me and control me. It's that God is wanting to do something in our midst. He's wanting to grow us up and he's trying to create an army. And I wonder how many will pass the test in this journey of becoming that army. You know, I looked up the statistics on basic training when people go into the army. You know, only about 40% make it through basic training. There's a dropout rate. I mean, four out of 10 is all that make it through. Six out of 10 drop out. They, they dishonorable discharge, whatever they do. Not everybody's going to go on this journey. Some of you are not going to like me. Matter of fact, Denny Kramer, he actually prophesied over me. Like three or six weeks later, he calls me on the phone and he says, Eric, God woke me up. He said, I got a prophetic word for you. Some are going to come against your leadership. But he said, be of good cheer. Oh, thank you, Denny. He said, the Lord says Psalms 3 is the scripture you're going to have to hang on. And I let my wife listen to it at the same time. And he was on the speakerphone. And it says, the Lord is a shield for you. He is the glory and the lifter of your head. And that scripture is when Absalom came against David. And Absalom raised up against uh, Absalom raised up against David's leadership. And you know what? I'm if I go to confrontational, I've already got some people mad at me. You sure you want it? 
I think you say yes, but you say no. And it really all boils down to, well, it depends on how nice you are when you do it. Are you going to be gentle? Absolutely. I mean, we're not talking about the world's, because right now you're going through your mind, you're thinking about what confrontation is. And I'm going to go in, and, and I know Chris has already laid some foundation on that, and that's why we had her share that word, because it was a word in season. So what is confrontation, and how is it that God wants us to do it? Obviously, it's for the purpose of cleaning up our lives. Does anybody want their lives cleaned up? I'm finding out that there's some ways I think that aren't right. And here's where we've got to go. When we go into confrontation, when we move into confrontation, I really don't care about your opinion. I only care about God's opinion. I'm going to say that again. If you're going to confront anybody, I don't care about your opinion. If it doesn't line up with the word of the living God, shut up. I only am concerned if I'm coming to you or you're coming to me or we come to anyone. Is it biblical? I had a person confront me over a year ago. And it was painful, but it was true. And I had come to this person, and, and I had asked this person to confront somebody else because they had a better relationship with them. And I actually should have went to them myself. And I was wrong. I did not do the word of God. I did not go to that person myself when I should have. And they brought the word of God to me, and I said, you're right. I was wrong. I repented. Can I have an amen on that? We're all correctable. Do you realize that even God, it was, was questioned by Moses? <laughs> even God, when, when he was getting ready to wipe out the Israelites, Moses went to him and said, whoa, 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 whoa. If you wipe us out now, will not the Egyptians think that you were not able to deliver us? And God said, you're right, I'm relenting. I'm changing my mind. And so today, I'm going to try to change your mind. But we're going to try to change it with the Word of God. Can I have an amen on that? Yeah. 5 to 12. God have mercy. We love you, Lord. <laughs> okay. So, I want to look at a few scriptures here. Actually, first, I want to do something else. We're going to show a video. This is not confrontation, what you're getting ready to see, okay? Gage is being trained in video. Everybody thank Gage. Servanthood, awesome. This video, this is how most of us confront. This is from Fireproof. So you left me no pizza. Caleb, I just lit that candle. I like the way it smells. Well, I don't. Did you leave me any dinner at all? I assumed you were eating with Michael. Does it not occur to you that there are two people living in this house and both of them need to eat? You know what, Caleb? If you would communicate with me, maybe I could have something for you. 
Why do you have to make everything so difficult? Oh, I'm making everything difficult? Seems to me like I'm the one carrying the weight around here while you're off doing your own thing. Excuse me? I'm the one out there working to pay this mortgage, and I pay for both of the cars. Yeah, and that's all you do. I pay all of our bills with my salary. Which you agreed to do. That's fair. Do you not like this house? Do you not like your car? Oh, Caleb, who takes care of this house? Yeah. Me. Who washes all the clothes? Me. Who gets all the groceries? Me. Not to mention I'm helping my parents every weekend. You know, I've got all this pressure on me, and the only thing you ever do for anybody is for yourself. Let me tell you something. You don't know the first thing about pressure. All right? You think I, I put out house fires for myself? Or, or rush to car wrecks at 2 a.m. for myself? Or pull a child's body out of the lake for myself? You have no idea what I go through. Oh, yeah, but what do you do around here other than watch TV and waste time on the Internet? You know what? If looking at that trash is how you get fulfilled, that's fine, but I will not compete with it. Well, I sure don't get it from you. And you won't, because you care more about saving for your stupid boat and pleasing yourself than you ever did about me. Shut up! I'm sick of you! You disrespectful, ungrateful, selfish woman! How dare you say that to me? You constantly nag me and you drain the life out of me. I'm tired of it. If you can't give me the respect I deserve, look at me, then what's the point of this marriage? You want out. That's fine with me. <laughs> that goes on in America over and over and over and over again. That is not biblical confrontation. Proverbs 10, 17 says, He who heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Everybody say the word correction. Confrontation is put in place by God as discipline, and it's to bring correction to our lives so that we clean our lives up. Do you guys realize that? Here's what a few other scriptures say about correction. The word discipline and correction, you're going to see in all these scriptures, are tied together. Whoever, say the word loves with me. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But he who hates correction is what? Stupid. Does that sound harsh from God? To the point? The Bible says you're actually to love correction. The word discipline in this here means instruction. You're to love instruction, not only from God, but from people around you that you trust. I love, and I tell my wife this, yes, correct me, but be gentle. She asked me yesterday, do you want my help? Yes, yes, I want your help. 
because this scripture rings in my brain. A man who loves correction, he doesn't love correction, is stupid. So I said to her yesterday, yes, yes, thank you for reminding me. I do want your help. And I let her speak into my life. A man who loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. I didn't say that. He did. <laughs> he who ignores discipline, out of Proverbs 13, 18, probably ought to write these scriptures down if you're taking notes. That would probably be a good scripture to meditate on. He who ignores discipline comes to what? Poverty and shame. Anybody struggling in their finances? Anybody dealing with shame? But whoever heeds correction is what? What is the word honored? We're honoring mothers today. One of the teenagers asked me, well, what's honor mean? I said, well, what do you think? She, and I, she goes, well, you mean uh, like obey my mother? Oh, well, that's one way of honoring, sure. If I honor God, I, I obey God. And so, yeah, that's one way you can honor your mother today is to obey her, but not just today. Matter of fact, I think the Bible even says, honor your father and mother and it will go well, well with you and you will have length of life. days, life. Matter of fact, you'll be prosperous. I believe prosperity follows me because I honor my father and my mother. He who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. A fool spurns his father's discipline, but whoever heeds correction shows prudence. That word prudence means good judgment. You make good decisions. Good decisions follow you. Do good decisions follow anybody out there? Proverbs 15.10, stern discipline awaits him who leaves the path. He who hates correction will die. Holy cow. Stupid, die. You might as well say, you will be a bonehead. Now, 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 honor your mother right there. I think this is not wanting to advance now. Ooh, Proverbs 15, 12. A mocker resents correction. He will not consult the wise. Do you have a hard time asking people for wisdom and direction on what the word says? A mocker resents it. Wow, another one. Proverbs 15, 32. He who ignores discipline despises himself, but whoever heeds correction gains understanding. Anybody needing any understanding? The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Now, has anybody heard, ever heard the phrase, that player's uncoachable? What does that mean? 
Not teachable? Got any coaches here? I bet you really like uncoachable players, don't you? Matter of fact, what I've been noticing as uh, we've gotten into uh, some of the, uh, how do I say it? Um, We've had a few people call about Abe's basketball playing. Um, One of the big things they look at is when they talk to the coaches is, is this player coachable? What does that mean? Does he listen? Does he take correction? Does he take instruction? Or is he a know-it-all? What I find that people in the body of Christ know it all. I found in my own life, there's times I've thought I'd known it all. When I was on vacation, when you guys sent us away to whatever that place was. Yeah, God already has been so long. There was this work of humility that God began to do in my heart while I was down there. And the Lord said, you know, Eric, you may not think, you may not know as much as you think you do. Ouch. And then he started working on my heart in the area of fear of man. Because I realized when I was down there that I've really got to get set free of fear of man if I'm going to confront people. And so the Lord has given us some... I was talking with Tom. Tom was doing some radical theophostics on me. (laughs) As I was bearing my soul to Tom and saying, man, gosh, I'm actually embarrassed, Tom, that the blessing of the Lord is on my life. Tom, I'm actually embarrassed that I live in a real expensive house. I hide and I cloak my blessing. Because I'm afraid of what everybody thinks. I'm embarrassed that I'm going to Grand Cayman because I'm worried about what everybody thinks. I'm wanting to take a trip, spring break with my kids. And Karen and I were praying about whether it be the Lord's will for us to do it or not. And I was talking with Tom about how it was jacking me up because I would, was worried about what people thought. As I cloak the blessing of God, <laughs> as I try to hide it, because I'm worried about what people think. And Tom said to me, he said, Eric, you're to be a city on a hill. You're to be an example. Your light's supposed to shine. As I hide the blessing of the Lord that's on my life, I'm actually embarrassed And he was having to say, well, why? Why are you embarrassed? And you know when it all boiled down to it is God was handing me hand grenades and throwing bombs into my own life? Because I am afraid that people might think it's wrong. And Tom jacked with me again. He said, you know what, Eric? He said, God has given you a strategy on how to raise your children. And if vacation is a part of that strategy, then what's it matter what people think if that's the strategy that God has given you for your children? Because there's been a strategy the Lord has given me as a pastor not to raise a PK kids. Does anybody know what PK kids are? Does anybody know what PK kids are? I hope you see I don't have PK kids. 
I'm trying to follow the Lord in a strategy of taking extra time with them away from this place in order to build the relationship that God wants me to build. And so my fear of man has kept me from doing this. The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom on how to raise his children and do what he wants them to do. And humility comes before honor. And the Lord wants to give us wisdom. But what I find in my own life is my mind needs to be renewed to the truth that I need to fear God more than I fear people. Now, if people come to me with a disagreement, if they confront me because they disagree with me, that's okay. I have to be humble, and I have to do it God's way. I don't need to be like the man, uh, Kurt Cameron, on the video and scream and yell and holler. But when you bring the Word of God to me and say, this is what the Word of the Lord said, word is, then we, we, that's true confrontation. We're going to get into that next week because it's Mother's Day, and we're going to honor Mother's Day. So I just gave you a sneak preview. We'll go back over, we're going to go back over this next week. Because I'm not going to rush this. This is a powerful message where we need to get our minds renewed. Can I have an amen on that? And so we're going to start going over these problems. Did you see how many scriptures were tied to discipline and correction? And I've got a test for you to take next week that's going to find out if you are correctable. I've got about 12 questions to ask you, and, it will, and how you answer those questions will determine whether you're correctable, whether you're a coachable, uh, uh, whether, you're, whether you're coachable. Does anybody want to know if they're coachable? <laughs> this place is going to be deserted next week. <laughs> but here's what I want to promise you. He who loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. So my guess is you're all going to be here and bring some friends because you love correction. Now, I'm not going to correct you like this. We're going to bring the Word of God to our heart. That's what discipleship is about. Discipleship, the class on financial peace, was it not to get you thinking like God thinks when it comes to finances? Was not raising your kids, loving your kids on purpose, was that not discipleship to get you to love your kids the way God wants you to instead of the way the world does? So we want correction. We want what does the Word of God say. You don't want Eric's opinion. You want what God's Word says, and that's what we're going to do next week. I'm going to give you some questions, bring a pencil and paper, and you're going to be able to answer these questions, yes or no, and how many you answer yes to is going to determine how correctable you are. Isn't that sound like fun, church? And then we're going to get an opportunity for the Spirit of God to fall on us. And we're going to get an opportunity for Him to begin to deal with our hearts. And I believe there's going to be a spirit of repentance that comes on our hearts so that we can begin to move in the right direction. Are you guys cool with that? Amen. Stand up with me. Hmm. Praise you, Jesus. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. And if there's anybody here, um, I will say this. Uh, if you're struggling and desire to be pregnant and you've been struggling, and maybe you've been struggling for a long time, I'm going to have the altar ministry team up here. And if you desire pray, prayer, we're going to just declare some things over your womb and begin to declare some 
blessing over you. And maybe a word of the Lord will come from the team on maybe what God has. But feel free to do that. We'll put some music on. But right now, Father, I just pray as we dismiss this service, as we go to honoring our parents, honoring our mothers. Father, I even know that there's some here who have lost their mothers. And I pray, God, your peace and your blessing over them. Father, it's hard to lose the ones we love. So I pray, God, a special blessing on those who have lost mothers. I pray a blessing on those who have not had good mothers. Those who, whether maybe there's things in their heart where there's pain. And I just pray a blessing that, God, you would help them to forgive and to love. That you would help them to know how you would have them carry your heart, their hearts. And Father, I just pray even today that you would begin to prepare our hearts all week even for this message of correction. Are we teachable? Are we correctable? Do we really want to be confronted as you have prophesied over us? You've set us up for some really powerful things, Lord, if we embrace it. And I just pray that you would help us on this journey, God. Would everybody just say, Lord, I love correction. I need your correction. Lord, we love correction. We love discipline. We want and we want and we want to know your ways because we realize your ways are higher, higher than ours. And so, Lord, prepare our hearts this week as we begin to dive into this, this subject that you would begin to illuminate our hearts and change the way we think. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. God bless you as you go honor your mothers. May you have a blessed day in Jesus' name. The altar ministry team will be here if you need prayer.